Welcome to Roadcase, the podcast that explores the live music experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg, and I'll be taking you on a journey through in-depth interviews with performers and key people in the industry to explore the magic of live music, how it can be totally transformative for both fans and performers, and we'll look at how they take it all out on the road. It's going to be a great ride, so here we go. Okay, welcome back to Roadcase, everybody. This is your host, Josh Rosenberg. I am so psyched to be here with you for this episode with the Backseat Lovers. If this is your first time listening to Roadcase, welcome to the Roadcase community. If you are a returning listener, thanks so much for your support. I am so psyched to have you back for this one. There's a number of different ways that you can get involved in the Roadcase community. Really quick and easy way to support Roadcase is to follow us on the socials. We are at Roadcase Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, please give us a follow. If you're like more information about the show, you can visit our website, www.roadcasepod.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can shoot us an email. Our email is info at roadcasepod.com. Also, another really easy way to support Roadcase, and we really do rely on the support of you amazing listeners, and that is to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. If you're on Spotify, for example, there's a follow box right at the Roadcase homepage. Just click on that. If you're on Apple Podcasts, there's a check mark in the upper right-hand corner. You can click on that one. Doing so on both of those platforms and other platforms will allow you to stay in touch with Roadcase, and it'll tell you when new episodes come live. And it also just really helps out the show for us to have subscribers. So I appreciate you guys taking the time to do that. Another great way to support Roadcase is to rate and review Roadcase on those platforms. So... I'll run through it a little bit on Spotify, just under the follow box, click on that box uh, with a couple stars on it on Apple Podcast and the road pick on the Roadcase homepage. Just scroll up a little bit. You'll see some stars and a place to write a review. If you can take a couple seconds just to smash a bunch of stars and write a brief review really helps out the show. So thanks in advance for doing that. You guys rule. So I've got the backseat lovers for this show, and they are Joshua Harmon, Jonas Swanson, Juice Welch, and KJ Ward. I am so, so psyched to have them on the show. It was a real pleasure to sit down and talk to all of them together, their latest album released back in October is entitled Waiting to Spill. These guys are on the rise. They are hot. They are hitting the road, touring so hard. They just got back from Australia and New Zealand. They toured North America massively uh, at the end, uh, all through 2022. Um, they are just doing some really incredible things. Uh, going back a little little further back, COVID canceled uh, their first North American tour, but these guys... Uh, took it and went back and went to the drawing room and hunkered down and wrote this latest album waiting to spill. Uh, so we'll talk about that story a little bit. Um, we'll talk about their live performance. They were at Lollapalooza in 2021. They've played the late night TV circuit. They're on Kimmel. They were on the CBS morning show. Uh, they opened for Jack White last summer. They were at Newport Folk in 2022. Uh, these guys are just all over the place, just absolutely crushing it. They're genuine, humble, sweet dudes who met just out of high school. They're all from Utah and they just really exude this sweet sensibility of really doing 
doing what they want to do, being out on the road and have some really interesting perspectives on live performance. I can't wait for you to hear about that. They're just about embarking on a new European tour in February and March, and they'll be back in North America, April, May. Uh, You can check out all their tour dates on their website. You can find out more information about them there as well. But I know you're going to really love this interview. A little bit of Wi-Fi delay. I had them all sitting in one room, but it's not too annoying. I just wanted to give you a heads up that I know that that was occurring. But these guys are really great. Really had a great time talking with them. And I know you'll really love this episode. So I want to thank you all for being here for this one. And I want to thank Joshua, Jonas, Juice, and KJ, the Backseat Lovers, for being here on this episode of Roadcase. And here we go. Uh, hey, guys. Great to have you on the show, man. Thanks. Thanks so much for being here and taking the time. Really appreciate it. How are you guys all doing? I got Juice, KJ, Josh, and Jonas. Can I call you Josh or is it Joshua? Because I'm Josh too. And personally, I go just by Josh. Although I know I'm in, I mean, I'm a Joshua as well. How about you? Um, I'm a Joshua and a Josh. All right. But, uh, <laughs> whatever. I can do Josh. I can do jo- What do you prefer? Just tell me what you prefer. I, I think I prefer Joshua. Okay. All right. I'm so excited to have you here. You've been on this incredible roll this year. And, uh, you know, you, you had to take this incredible pause during COVID, uh, and the album <clears throat> that's a result of COVID for you guys, uh, just came out on October 28th, waiting to spill. Uh, it's really wonderful. I'm really psyched about it. How are you guys feeling? Joshua, I will throw this out to you. How are you feeling about having the album out there finally? Um, it's, well, I think firstly, it's very, um, it's very refreshing and, um, you know, just sort of gratifying yeah. feeling, I would say. Uh, yeah, we um, we spent so much time on it and, you know, we were very, um, for lack of a better word, uh, <laughs> obsessive and just it was a, a very deep, a deep, deeply personal project for yeah. so many years. Um, and now that it, is out it's like it's been also kind of strange too to kind of just like let it go and feel like so much less mm, attached to mm. it now like you put it out there of, and it's kind of like it's it. out in the world now yeah just kind of letting it be someone else's you know it's someone, someone else's, else's problem thing now. now and that's <laughs> yeah it's a great way to put it yeah yeah, sort of, except you got to play the songs. But um, for me, it fi- feels like a great, I don't know, from where I'm looking and from the research I've done about where you guys are coming from and what has occurred that unfortunately this COVID has kind of overlaid your guys' rise to uh, popularity. And um, you know, I've known a few bands that have, that, that has occurred to, you know, COVID for t- touring bands was not kind to, to any of them. And uh for you guys in particular, you had a big North American tour set up, but instead you kind of, from what I understand, you sort of hunkered down and and worked on this album. And I feel relieved that it's out there for you guys, because I felt that, you know, the need for you guys, you know, huddled back together, got an album together, did the best you could during um, some very challenging times to have it out there. So congratulations, Jonas, how are you feeling? How do you feel about it? I feel, um, (laughs) 
yeah excited and similar like like finally letting it go and um we did like a lot of mixing revisions on it towards the end <laughs> yes mm -hmm. um but yeah it's been it's been really cool like especially like going on tour mm -hmm. this month we last month now or no it's still sort of yeah <laughs> for a few more yeah. for a few more hours <laughs> yeah. yeah we going on tour like and like seeing the response and like um i don't know that that was special because we've been playing our our first music for like all year which has been pretty much our yeah. entire touring career so far so like it was cool to had you guys just curious had you guys held back playing some of the uh material on the album until the album actually came out were there just like a couple songs in the rotation up till that point or were you just throwing everything out there live um we played a few songs live for yeah. the tours prior this was this last tour in november was the first right. time that we ran all the songs right back every uh, night. that must feel good um well you guys have such an interesting uh you know development as a band how you came together um i don't know if i've spoken to a band from utah i have a great connection to utah because i ski so i'm out there at alta snowbird all the time you guys all ski you guys are all shaking your head and smiling who's this you guys skiers snowboarders what do you do ski. yeah I ski a little yeah, bit don't have yeah. much time for it now i guess right we're getting Joan out there this this season. I've, I've oh, never yeah. been skiing or snowboarding before. Somehow. Oh. As, and you can say that okay in Utah without public backlash. <laughs> I gotta be careful. <laughs> <laughs> who's the best snowboard? Who's the, who's like you guys go out together once in a while? We actually have yeah, we have never been together. We're, we're going on Monday. Yeah. We're, oh, you want to come? We're gonna go to. Brighton. I'll go on Monday. <laughs> we can see who's gonna. We can see if you tread the. You're gonna race down the mountain. You gonna go to Brighton? You said. Yeah. Yeah. Is that your favorite spot? Yeah, that's my that's my favorite resort. I think just like the energy of the resort in general is like really nice at Brighton. Yeah, um, but I do love the, the Snowbird. The train is pretty. Insane. Yeah, I've usually skied a Snowbird. I love Snowbirds. Yeah, yeah, the bird rocks. I mean, if you got, I, I come out and I travel out there from Chicago. You go out for five days. You pretty much, it used to be. Up until like, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, you can guarantee if I go out five days, I'm going to get dumped on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's but I don't know what it's, I don't know what it's like now. How's it looking right now? Get a live snow report from the Backseat Lovers? Uh, coming to you live, the Backseat Lovers <laughs> snow report for this season. Um, it's actually looking pretty good. Yeah. No, <laughs> it I, is. Yeah. How <laughs> yesterday? I mean, if you're from Utah, I got to talk about that. But where'd you all grow up? Did you know each other? I guess you sort of met when after high school. Did you know each other growing up at all, or um, any any of you guys? No, none of us. Really, none of us. Me and Josh were. I had graduated like a year before he got into high school. Mm -hmm. We went to the same high school, but not together. Yeah, yeah we grew up. You had graduated a year before you, so you're over four years older than these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm the old man. I hope you pay him some deference, man. <laughs> you know, he's the old guy. So you call the shots then, Juice? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the young kids these days, they're just so spoiled, right? Spoiled <laughs> <laughs> rats. Um, what, town, what town were you living in? Um, tell me the story of how you guys connected. 
what town were you living at the time and how'd, how'd that all happen? How'd that go down? Um, Heber City is where me and Juice grew up. Um, so it's it's about 45 minutes to an hour east, southeast of Salt Lake, just down the canyon. You guys are in Salt Lake now? Yeah. Well, us three are in Salt Lake and Juice lives in Orem. Um, but uh-huh. um, so yeah, grew up there our whole life basically. And then, um, yeah, I lived like probably a mile away from you, like a, like a mile and a half yeah. or something. Um, but we yeah. did each other growing up. Um, and then when I was in high school, I was, in, I was playing, um, I was playing in this band. It was kind of like my first real band and, um, my drummer and, and also just like all the other people in the tiny music. There was no really, not even a music scene in Heber. It was like just the high school bands basically. Um, uh-huh. but we were, they would always talk about this dude named juice that was older. That was like some drum <laughs> legend <man> juice. Guy. <laughs> yeah. He had like this long, like wizard beard. <laughs> turns out that part was totally live. But can't that was just, that was just <laughs> part of the mythology. That was just part of the mythology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And then, so it was, it was about the time I was, my, that band broke up and then, um, I, I was, uh, just writing a bunch of music on my own through like junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. I met, I met juice in the back half of the senior year of high school. We yeah. kind of jamming pretty casually. Um, but that was when I met, um, Jonas, um, at this open mic down in, uh, Provo, which is right next to Orem. Oh, right um, and we we were uh, yeah we were standing in line at the open mic, and we just started talking in line, and um, we ended up they had like a queue like a list, and they don't let you they don't like set it at like a certain amount of capacity or something for the amount of players. Right. So we didn't get to go in and play that night. So we ended up just sharing some songs to each other on acoustic guitar, and then I invited him to come up and play with me and Juice, and then so that was kind of that was kind of where things started as like actually a band and not just like jamming songs and like, you know, so that's when we started working on arrangements and then we started playing with KJ in I believe October. 2019. Yeah. So that was um, when you and Jonas first met, that was like 2017, early 2018. Probably like 2018 summer like may or something. we met in the summer of 27 because we put out um we put out our ep in 2018 yeah i think yeah that's right oh yeah you're right yeah i think yeah we like didn't really <clears throat> fully come together as actually a kind of funny like <clears throat> thing that happened was i was in another band at the time mm-hmm. and um the backseat lovers first show kind of yeah yeah was was um like I opened for them in my band. Oh, cool! And then, and then I was we in ended my up parents' basement, right? Yeah. Wait, was that before <laughs> the open mic? No, you guys had already known each other at that point. Yeah, that was yeah. after the open. Oh, after it, after it. Okay. And it was it was just uh, Juice and Josh, and then yeah, yeah, we had a di- we had a different bass player as my high school buddy. Yeah, yeah. What I found interesting was how, you know, what I had read, and you can talk to me a little bit about this, but that you guys were sort of coming together as friends 
and as a band while you were putting together songs for the EP. Um, can you talk to me a little, is that correct? And can you talk to me a little bit about what that looked like, how you sort of coalesced at that time uh, to create your first effort? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. We didn't, it was kind of like getting to know each other as musicians and people. Mm-hmm. All and um, for sure, I, I, the, the first EP is like, it's kind of a, a blur because of how weird, it's quite an odd <laughs> culmination, like different techniques, if you will. Yeah. Um, but basically, we had like, Juice and I kind of arranged um, the, our first song out of tune and uh, still a friend, kind of just like in our, either of our parents' houses, just uh-huh. uh, guitar drums. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we had this, I met this guy, um, his name's Rustin. 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 He was, he was, he had a, a, a trailer that he had like set up. Right. With like a whole board and like a whole, basically a tiny studio and uh-huh. a trailer. Um, yeah. He was quite a bit older than, than me. And I would basically like go there on my lunch breaks and stuff after like juice and I would go over and we track something and then like lunch breaks of high school, like senior year, I'd go over and like do a guitar take layer or like work on vocals or the mixing with and him. When, and when, when you say lunch break, you mean lunch from high school. Yeah. That's just to, to be clear. <laughs> more, more quote lunch break, more like just more like quote high. <laughs> it sounds like more quote, quote unquote high school. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you tell me. Okay. So, so you're going out to Rustin's trailer, uh, during the lunch break. <laughs> I mean, you can't even say that without laughing, but no, I, I mean, I can't. <laughs> okay. Straight up though. Like, okay. So you, you, yeah, you were putting together stuff with him. Uh, yeah. interesting. And so was, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Just so basically through that process, it's funny to talk about it because I kind of forget all the details, but it's coming back now. Like basically through that time, Jonas, we had like played together and like you had written some of your parts at like a couple band practices, maybe, but it was like you were still in your other band and you were, you were still kind of like finishing I was basically trying to convince Jonas to come be in the band. Yeah. We were like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna track this, you know, this Wednesday. Like, you should come up. Like, and I, if I'm not remember, if I'm remembering right, for those for those two songs specifically, you just came up and like knocked it out your parts in like one or two days or something. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Is that right? Did you have like a hesitancy to 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 join up with these guys, or was it just sort of like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think. I was just like, it wasn't like a hesitancy. I think I was like, I had my, like another band going and, and they were, another thing to note too is that Heber, where they lived, was like an hour away from where I lived. Ah, yeah. Time. Like driving like an hour to band practice. Well, you know, they fucking liked you, man. They wanted to wait for you to do that and like show up, <laughs> you know, they wanted, they was, it was, that was your first test, Jonas. Yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> <laughs> you pass, you passed, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's like the the other two. Well, I guess is it two, three songs, three songs on the EP. We were like, if I'm not, I'm trying to remember now. We were basically 
got those songs done and put out attitude as a single and then i think it was kind of at that point we were like okay we should like try and get a gig and like play an actual show yeah Um, and it was same time that we went to the studio called pale horse sound Mm -hmm. in um, salt lake is where it was at the time and we recorded the other three tracks um just kind of like as we would sell shirts and t-shirts at a show we would like have enough money to go Pay back for your and studio them. time. Nice. Interesting. Um, so yeah, it was, that was kind of the origin. And then we played, I think it, once we played, there's this thing, there's this battle of the bands in at this venue called Valor, um, which at the time it's just like, it's, you know, I don't know, like looking through high school was always like this, like very, I don't know if procedures is the right word. It was just like very like high, on the on the totem pole if if you will of like kind of like band achievements yeah for like for sure. young band very like all the bands that played were so good every year they still they're still doing it and they're always like so fun to go watch yeah yeah um but we that was like our first real gig at a venue because the other ones we played were just like house shows mm-hmm. and when we won that it was kind of like it seemed like that was kind of like okay we're we can be a band like let's like actually you know, put some time into this. And wow. That was that's, when we am- that's amazing. So you had hardly played at all up to that point and you entered in this battle of the bands. It was that, that was the one in Provo. Yeah. yeah. And you won. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, let's listen. <laughs> that's, that's a fucking amazing juice. Let's come back to the beginning there with the, with Rustin and the trailer. What is that? Is that sort of how you remember it? How, how Joshua yeah. kind of portrayed that? Yeah, it was pretty accurate. I remember at one point too, for one of the songs, I can't remember which song, but Rustin could actually, Rustin brought a bunch of his recording gear to my parents' house one mm-hmm. day, actually, and kind of took over my parents' living room slash kitchen area. And we recorded, I can't remember if it was like one or two days, but I remember my mom being very patient <laughs> With us, with all of the recording gear, yeah, throughout yeah. the house. She was, yeah, it was pretty accurate. <laughs> she's into it. She was into it, though. She was like, yeah, yeah, very supportive. That's great. That's great. You guys have pretty supportive parents coming up, or how did this all work out for you guys? Like being in high school at the time, doing so many other things. Um, what did that look like for you guys? Who has the best? My parents got involved. Story. That's a pretty good one, Juice. Uh, <laughs> Uh, KJ, haven't heard much from you. What about you? Uh, yeah, you the, was, you're the same age as everybody. Well, except for Juice, you're <laughs> you the same age yeah. as these two characters over here. Yeah. Okay, correct. Right. So, yeah. so what that look like? What what's that look like for you from at home and sort of and playing and your own personal musical development and um, when you connected with these? I know you came in a little bit later, but what did that? What does that all look like for you? Yeah, no, my, my, my family was super um, supportive of, like, letting me go out and, like, join bands and mm-hmm. go to the you know, and go see concerts. Um, and that's, like, how I ended up ultimately meeting these guys was just hanging out in the, the music scene in Salt Lake and playing shows. My band, like, opened for for them, and we'd play shows together in the scene. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how we all came up together and, I think all of our parents are like super involved and very supportive of what we're doing. Yeah, that's They're great. Kind of, yeah. yeah, I think we're all super lucky to have 
think, yeah, all of our parents have been super supportive since the beginning. Which, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what a parent wants is for their kids to be, <clears throat> you know, excited and amped about doing something that they really love. What more can you ask for? You can't stop a kid from doing something you love, right? They love. I mean, it's not illegal. It's not like you're not getting into some crazy stuff. I mean, maybe, you know, within reason, like, okay. But, <laughs> okay. <laughs> a lot of glances toward each other on that one, guys. Uh, we can get into that. But, um, uh, yeah, that's what that's what parents want, and then that's that's great. I, I love stories when I I meet performers whose parents have been really involved and 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 really into it. Are, are you, you, any of your parents have any particular kind of musical skills or in music? Just curious. Yeah, my dad played in bands like when I was growing up. Uh huh. And actually, yeah, like I like when I was like fourteen, he asked me to play in his band with him. <laughs> no kidding. That's awesome. That's, that's like, like bringing your kid to the office, you know, kind of. Yeah. So Jonas, so, how'd that, how'd that go? It was actually really fun. Like, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of fun memories from, from that time in my life. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. I remember like thinking it was kind of, kind of funny and I don't know, like, like a little embarrassing at times, but also like, I, I, I love, I, I really love like my dad's songwriting. Wait, like, embarrassing to get up there or just to kind of be, cause it was your dad. Yeah. It's just like funny when you tell, when I would tell my friends like yeah. that band, but it's with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You know, I have three kids. I got 25, two girls, 25 and 20, and then a 17 year old son. And so I get the whole, like, you know, my son used my, he used to come to shows with me all the time. And now he's like, yeah, no. You want to come to Red Rocks with me? We're going. My morning jacket's playing at Red Rocks. I'm going. You want to come? I got a ticket for you. No, Dad. No. But when he was like, you know, five, six, even four years ago, we went. 2019, we went. Now he doesn't want to come anymore. If you ever that ever happens again, just let me know. I'll go. With you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll do, dude. We'll do. You got it. You got it. You can drive. You can meet me there. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Well, that that's that's great. So, um. Musical influences. Did your parents play a part in playing music for you guys early on, or did you sort of branch out, or um, what'd that look like? Because I I love where you guys are coming from and this sort of fresh take on alt rock. With you know, I hear, and I'm an older dude, as you can tell, but like you know, I I come from like a classic rock upbringing, and uh, that sort of morphed into alt indie world over time. You know, I was a Deadhead, get dead fan from way back, as well as sort of classic rock, more of the uh, you know like a Zeppelin, Who, Stones. Um, but where where are you guys coming from with that, um, Joshua? Maybe you want to take that one. Yeah, sure. I I would say from like the very beginning of my life, my dad has been kind of the musical seed of everything that I loved in music he um he's also a songwriter um he never played in any bands or anything or did it um more than just kind of like a side hobby but yeah he would always play an acoustic guitar around the house and write and play his songs he had written um and was definitely a little bit more like folky kind of singer songwriting singer songwriter even some kind of country in there as well mm -hmm. um but yeah i grew up like from a very early age listening to a lot of like classic 
country, classic rock and roll, like mm-hmm. a screaming queen on road trips. And like, <laughs> you know, there's like, we really love just like good rock and roll. And also like, I think a lot of like more intimate acoustic music as well. Yeah. Um, well, when you were, you were, yeah. you were in high school, putting together the first EP and, um, Juice and Jonas, like, how did you, I mean, Juice, you were a little bit older, obviously, but um, how did you separate yourself from all the various musical influences that you're getting as a high school student and uh, of just being that age, 17, 18, what have you? What was what was going through your mind in terms of your own expression, in terms of not being uh, super derivative of what you're listening to and not letting that get too much into your head and influence where you were with the direction you were going. That's a really interesting question. Or is that, is that even a thing? I mean, sometimes that's not, you know, I, I don't know Were you, well, let's break it down. I mean, were you guys listening to a lot of other music early on in high school or, and did that kind of creep in or was that not, did you not care? I think, um, we all listened to, I mean, pretty similar types of music, but there were certain bands that I think we all like, individually were like fixating on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think around that time of like really starting to play in this band and like write songs for this band, mm-hmm. it's like pretty heavily um, into uh, like Cage the Elephant and mm-hmm. then following that peach pit was kind of like the main that was like my favorite band like just i was like so in love with that band still like i think they're such a great band um but that was kind of like i would say like the main other you know at least at least for me in being the songwriter at that time um yeah i don't know i think that like naturally we've always been like we've never really been like too conscious of like trying not to sound like something or trying to sound like something or like, you know, balancing between the two. I think we've always just like really felt like drawn to the kind of music that we just want to make on our own and, and yeah. not be too worried about bleed. But if there was, was ever something that we wrote that was like, Oh wait, that sounds like something else. We'd be like immediately like, like it's gone. sounds like something else but, you did. Yeah, you're saying, but not necessarily never- something else somebody else did. Yeah, 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 we would yeah. never. Interesting. Well, I think what 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 comes into my head is the the power of your lyrics and how personal they are and the stories that they tell and how they're important to to you and 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 your own life, Joshua. As you're as you're, I, I believe you're kind of the chief writer, but um, and that that essence sort of underlies what you're trying to do, and I think that comes forward. That's the, that part is like the super unique part that comes from only from you guys, that's really kind of where it's at. And, and, and I appreciate what you guys do in that, in that sense. You know? Thank you. Yeah. 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 I think just, just to kind of bounce off that too. Um, even because we've been talking so much about the beginning mm-hmm. of how, which was like three night. years ago. <laughs> um, it's honestly just so crazy how much everything has changed within our dynamic as a band and collaborators and writers. Uh Um, I would say like within this last album we just put out and like all the albums we will continue to make and have already kind of written. um, It's, I would say the dynamic has changed so much like 
like pretty black and white drastic to how it was back then. Um, Jonas and I are kind of main songwriters when it comes to like bringing new ideas or like, you know, like an actual like chords and a chords and a melody and lyrics and that, that those kinds of things we'll mm-hmm. like work those out either on our own or together. And then a whole nother side of it is just jamming, um, being on the road a lot this last year and also just having so much time when during the pandemic we were playing like four or five days a week and just jamming and writing together. Yeah. Um, we have gotten very comfortable, like writing songs kind of in real time. Um, and you know, having only like five minutes at soundcheck to like, to like actually be creative and the rest of it is like getting a good sound check in. Yeah. We've yeah. kind of been like the like write music at like a super fast pace all together. So it's been really cool to like kind of um, use jamming as like a form of writing. And Interesting. it's been so our sound has been changing so so much. Yeah. And because of I'm really excited. And that's something that's developed obviously since 2021 or mid 2021 when you guys everyone went back on out on the road i mean you had the luxury let's say of being able to write that first album sort of on your own not having to do it while you're on the road not having to figure it out while you're in sound checks and stuff so yeah so now you're figuring (laughs) now this is like how what a touring band has to do and this is why like bands take a hiatus from the road right (laughs) so they can do that do you how is that pro so since you brought it up like how is that progress um, how's that, how's that looking from like now going forward when you've got some, uh, presumably you got some new material, um, what's that looking like for you guys to, uh, work that out while you're on the road? And do you feel like you'd like to like take a step back and, and write more material? I mean, you've got basically all of your 2020, the first half of 2023 already, you know, you know where you're going to be. Um, but so how, how are you, how are you working on working out those logistics going forward? Juicy, you want to jump in or? Yeah, I think it's a definitely a balance between like respecting our off time as individuals, but also, like you said, we have pretty hefty schedule already for the, you know, the first half of the year. Yeah. And so I think balancing between what we can do on the road and then getting dedicated scheduled time to like go to studios and have dedicated time to write and um, but then also, like I said, respecting our off time as individuals because we get we can get burned out as well. So yeah, yeah, it's like uh, it's it's definitely we're very much in our in our infancy in terms of just learning how what dynamic works and mm. how and how we can build like a sustainable creative relationship with touring because mm-hmm. I don't know even just what you were mentioning like this or asking if it feels like naturally like you want it's a hindrance or not. I think it's an interesting answer because it's like in a lot of ways, because we have less time to write, it is a hindrance, but because we're having those limitations, it's also like really, really like um, just like it's, it's so in sync when we do get together and like songs pour out so much quicker Interesting. than they have to. Like, yeah, they have like, to, yeah. Like, uh, what's that? What's the expression? Um, geez, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. 
Right. Which yeah. basically like you given an amount of time, you're going to fucking get it done. If you were given two days to do a song that you only have 10 minutes to practice, you'd probably fucking mess around for a day and a half and take 10 minutes and deal with the song. Yeah. I don't know. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's like I, I feel like it's also just because we are all so we're all just constantly yearning to make something new and to yeah. focus on the next yeah. new idea. Is it's like it feels more sacred when we get to work together, right? And right, that's been affecting the music a lot, and so yeah, we're trying to block out times for us to get together and also be able to like see our family and be home and buy groceries and yeah. be like human beings. Go skiing at Brighton. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I relate. Um, what was I going to say? I wanted to, um, uh, to go to uh, talk about performance and live performance. I mean, we talked about how you guys came together as a band, what your sort of origins were, but then there's the, get that snowball rolling, play your songs out there for people. I mean, you guys put this EP out, you had even played out of state at that point, I think, if I'm getting the timing correct, roughly, roughly speaking. Um, tell me about uh, what it was like to, uh, well, tell me about your attitude w about performance. Anybody, any of you guys can take that. Do you like being up on stage? Is that important to you? You've clearly put together some amazing albums. What is that? Um, uh, what does being up on stage mean to you, Joshua? I'm going to throw that one to you because you're like you're the front guy. You're you're singing most of the songs. Um, what is what does that mean to you to be up there and connect with fans and and uh, how, what's that progression looked like for you since uh, since the beginning? I think there are a lot of aspects of it that have changed so much since we started playing mm. in this band. Um, but there are, I think like the core, the very core of it hasn't changed really at all. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, that's kind of the, the, the one thing that like makes it so I, that I feel driven by and that makes me feel motivated to perform in front of people. And it's just that, uh, you know, I believe that as a band, we have something, um, important to say and to share with people. Mm. And I do think it's like at the end of the day, like I wouldn't want to do it if it wasn't like a positive thing that was putting good out into the world. And I really do think that when we've been performing this last year, there have been just countless moments where you can see, you can almost grab that like feeling in the air that this is like something that's really beautiful and uplifting and like almost magical feeling between the relationship between the crowd and us and just the space. Yeah. Um, I think that that's, that's kind of what has always driven all of us. I think that connection with people that feels like it's worth something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, like there have been a lot of really, I don't think there's really ever like a bad show, but there's like, there've been some like tough shows because I think we all feel really like we hold that so highly that like mm. we, we want to have a real experience. That's like giving it our all and, there's like magic in the air, but you can't necessarily demand that of yourself every single time you play. Cause mm. there's always different people. There's a different, a different day. So, and we play so much these days that it's like, sometimes you could, at the end of a, sh of a night where it didn't click like that, it can be pretty emotionally um, impactful. It, like it can hit you pretty hard. Like I, I usually go into pretty low 
places emotionally at the mm. end of shows like that. I'm mm. kind of you take it personally. You kind of take it personally. Yeah. No, absolutely. But I think that that's kind of one of those things we've been all learning how to balance. Is just like just because we're playing in a band and playing shows every night doesn't really make it like we're different than anybody else. Like everybody has their own life and they have good days and bad days. Yeah. And like good shows and bad shows. Yeah. And those, I feel like, you know, again, saying, I don't really necessarily think there are bad shows, but like a show like that, that is lower in energy or feels more, feels not as impactful is almost like fuel for the, for the, for wanting the next show to be like special and for, mm-hmm. Like you kind of have to have those experiences in order to like grow as a band. Every single show is good. Then you never. Gonna, yeah. I mean, even the shows never, where there might not have been the energy matched your expectations, they always serve a purpose. You're always connecting with people, whether you might, you may not feel, I'm putting a positive spin on this. You might not feel that, but clearly you're making an impact with a lot of, it's always someone's first show. In other words. Right. Um, yeah. Juice, how are you feeling up there on the riser with that? Do you have, does that, does that, <laughs> does that ring? true to you as well or is joshua sort of feels that kind of being more of the front you know he obviously he's out front but do you feel that energy as well um you're putting the energy out you're kind of um you're you're creating the vibe to a to a to a great extent tell me about how what you feel and what that impact is for live performance for you yeah i feel like i mean obviously all four of us physically are in different spots on the stage and we experience a show in different ways. But at the same time, I feel like as we've gone playing more shows, I think the, between the four of us, we kind of usually are feeling around the same at the end of a show, even though, I don't know, it's just, I feel like we're so connected. We're connected as a group so much now that I feel like, like, I can feel when one of the other three guys is kind of feeling down on stage when we're not talking on stage, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. we're kind of just off of each other's energy and, um, yeah, and feeding off of each other's energy at the same time. And um, But, yeah, it's it can be different, too, especially me being in the back. It's just a completely different experience. But yeah, yeah. Like I said, yeah, feed off of each other. Well, this is, like, kind of tangential, but, like, more like literally, what is it actually like? I don't think I've ever asked you. Like, what is it like being back there? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, know, like that's a good question. I, huh? I never like the only time I ever look at you is when like I fully turn around and like I'm just curious. Like, while the song is happening and like either Jonas or I are singing, like, what, what do you tend? To, is it is this a stupid question? Like, no, 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 not, not at all. This is really cool. Thanks for asking that. I feel like, well, some shows, there's a lot of time where I'm closing my eyes. That's pretty lame. But I close my eyes. Where was the beat again? (laughs) (laughs) But um, that's when you look at KJ. (laughs) No, I feel like I have a, I don't know. I feel like I am kind of in a unique perspective because I can, I'm probably the the one band member that can see everything at once, Mm -hmm. except obviously you know, for myself, but I'm like in the one position that can see like the whole, yeah, (laughs) just the whole of everything. And I've never actually even thought about that, but yeah, I don't know. I just, (laughs) 
look around. <laughs> I pulled you guys in the crowd. It's the drummer vibe, man. You get to, you get to, you're running the show. You're running the time. You're running, um, you know, the vibe. I've heard like your shows are just like real great, some great, <clears throat> tons of great energy, good sort of pacing and like crowds just having a great time, you know? What struck you the most, Joshua, from you being up front, what struck you the most about, about your audiences and has it changed over the past, you know, the, these couple of years that you've been playing pretty sizable venues? Mm. I think the thing that will always continue to surprise me is, um, I don't know, for me, when I feel like when I was younger, I didn't do this as much. I was kind of like closed my eyes a lot and like didn't really look at the crowd when I performed, which mm-hmm. I do for sure sometimes, but I really have felt like for some reason, like my just in within this dynamic and playing Guitar, you know, usually when I'm playing like electric guitar or singing, it's like like making personal connections with people and like actually seeing them for just that one moment. And like, I don't know, that like moment of like getting to see a person's like soul for a second. Because like yeah. when I'm singing, I'm trying to show like this is my soul yeah, right yeah. now. Like I, yeah. I, I they all, they all see you, that's for sure. So it's like, I feel like that's the thing that continues to surprise me is like the best shows seem to be like where everybody in the room is in that state of vulnerability. So you can like see people and like kind of get to know them for just a second, just making eye contact with them for two seconds. And that's like, that's the thing that continues to surprise me is there's just so much like love for the, for music in general. And even if it wasn't our show or our music, it just makes like very hopeful that these people, like you can see that they care a lot about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we can tell from like the level of popularity, you guys have just exploded over the last last couple of years. I mean, year and a half, really. You know, Um, Jonas, are you seeing the same thing as well? What's your perspective? Is sort of being off their stage right a little bit? Um, What's your what's kind of your viewpoint on all of this? You're the quiet guy. Are you the George Harrison of the band? Is that it? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Um, yeah, I feel like, I, I think what Juice said about like feeling, just kind of like sensing each other's feelings throughout the show is definitely like, I think I I pick up on each other and like, I think like, yeah, like, I don't know, yeah, performing is, um, it can be like, can be really hard, but um, I think like I find I I found like more recently, um, like just just kind of like trying to let go of of everything, like and like if something if something happens that's like I don't know, not the way we planned or like. I guess, like, if I mess up or, like, that's, like, just what I, what I was, like, channeling at that time. Like, mm. even if it was something too intentionally or, like, that I didn't, like, think about, like, I think that helps me, like, let go of, like, um, uh, like, if I didn't do something. Because yeah. I find it sometimes, too, like, if I... 
Yeah, like you, you you try to get out of the mode of like second guessing yourself, like oh that was a mistake or that was something I didn't intend to do, but that's okay because that's what happened. That's what you throw out there. Yeah, um, yeah, and like it was like it all happened because of the energy in the room and like the energy of the day that I had and like yeah us to and like I think that makes me feel more like um. Yeah, it, it, you feel like you're connected with it when you're like. It's the kind of the beauty. Well, I mean, I think what you're what you're alluding to is a little bit like the beauty of live performance. I think you know when you go to a show and like somebody will make an obvious flub of something. One of the players, like not something major, but like you know people will notice if they're fans and following it, and everyone's sort of like, and the the player, you know, the the, the dude or woman or whatever is playing they're like oh whoops and then everyone like goes the fans go yeah they, you know there's like a a noticeable uproar in the crowd that there was like a mistake but like we're recovering like it's that it's that notion that yeah this is fucking live like we are actually playing i think people want that you know there's that there's that spontaneity and that that liveliness that comes from really knowing that people are it's not perfect right and your albums are so wonderful and then you're you're playing them and it's a little bit different but it's it's also obviously the song but it's that it's it's playing the songs live and it's it's that it's that power it's the intention and that potential for improvisation that even mistakes can um uh, can foster. Were you going to say something Juice? Yeah, I feel like that that's one of my favorite parts honestly about playing live is just there's like the songs that we recorded and we released and they're going to be that way forever. Mm. And then we have the freedom when we're on the road to just, even though it's the same song, it's not, you know, it's like it can form into whatever we want it to be, you know? And there have been songs that have changed dramatically like live. Like there are new parts that we've written in little interludes and just like things that aren't a part of what is permanently you know, released. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's just what you're playing live. live. Yeah. It's what you're yeah. doing live. Joshua, you're talking about wanting to come out and see jacket at, uh, at red rocks. I mean, they're doing that all the time. They're adding little parts, they're jamming out, they're extending the parts. I feel that a lot with you guys. I really like that. And I, I, I feel that anticipatory vibe, uh, on your live out on, on your, um, on the latest album or in your studio albums. And, uh, and that live from the Troubadour was just, was, was phenomenal. I love the pacing. I love the, you know, you'll, you'll be really rocky one moment, but you're going to be really sort of very kind of mellow and more emotive and, and, and slower or, you know, sort of lower uh, volume at one point. It's like a, it's a, it's a really nice balance. I, I really enjoy that, but that's sort of the part of playing live and sort of making it interesting for those that are coming and make it a different take on what you're on, on what the album's actually. And that takes on a life of itself. Would you, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think part two is just um, like keeping it interesting for ourselves. Even. Yeah. Because if, I feel like if we, yeah, we, we've, we've been playing so many shows in the last year or two. Yeah. Just kind of like that's kind of one of the biggest things we've decided is like we never want to play the same show twice. We never we never wanted to do that, you know, since we started it. But it's like when right. you do it every single how can we get our like how can we get the engine running? You know, how can we really like do something that like is exciting to us? Because that's when it's like the most electric and fun for everybody. Yeah. 
not to bring the energy down, but what was the feeling? Who wants to talk about what it felt like when the North American tour got canceled in March of 2020? I mean, how much, obviously you guys rallied hard and now here you are back again and everyone thought it was crazy when in, you know, April or May of 2020, everyone was saying, well, shows aren't going to really be coming back in full force until 2022. And then here we are, right? But what, how did you maintain a positive out? Did you maintain a positive outlook? Perhaps is a better, is a better question. And how did you sort of manage that? What must have been just a really big disappointment? I think like my memory of that now has like changed so much because <laughs> we didn't have of really being on tour that much. Uh-huh. And after until like 21, 2021. <laughs> so like, I feel like, I don't know, like I feel like in, in really like a month after that tour got canceled, we jumped right into like writing a yeah. bunch of the stuff that ended up being on our album. Mm. So I, I just kind of remember that as like a really, I mean, musically at least like a really exciting and like fun time. Like, hmm. yeah. Yeah. I feel like I think we were all pretty disappointed at the beginning. I remember thinking like kind of having this like feeling that we weren't going to go out to begin with, but when it was actually like, okay, yeah, we're not going out. I, it was definitely a disappointment, but at the same time, it didn't take that long for us to kind of, you know, reroute and start working on, like Jonas said, working on what became yeah. our latest album. Yeah. But I, if I'm remembering correctly, we were, we got the news that we, you know, that we had to cancel it. And then I think it was within like a couple of days that we were like, we decided to go out to a cabin. Up That's in, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was in Oregon or Washington? Uh, California. California. Oh, oh yeah. Pacific Northwest up in there. And like, okay. We were like, okay. Cause it wasn't going to be a super long tour. It was like maybe three weeks or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember being, all right, let's go out and like use this time instead to go write something. Cause we didn't know how long it was going to last. Yeah. And I think I remember when we were out there, like having a call with one of our with our uh booking agent and and it kind of being like oh this could actually be a lot longer than you think and i remember yeah. a conversation we had and it was just like very like we all just kind of got on the same page it's like we can either like keep being upset about this or like use this time to to like focus on this album like if right. if we had this time we might and we definitely, we definitely did. And I think, Absolutely. I like it. You guys killed it. Were you like one of those bands that sort of like gained listeners and gained followers during that time? Do you feel? I feel, yeah. I think we were, we were very fortunate, honestly, under unfortunate circumstances for yeah. the world. We were, it was kind of, I don't know. It was, yeah. It was different compared to other bands and experiences that I've heard. Yeah. And it was a point, I think it was like in the middle of the pandemic, that's when we all decided to go like full, full time as musicians. Was that mm-hmm. right? That was middle of the yeah. pandemic. Cause we all had side jobs and mm-hmm. up to uh, that point. Yeah. Up to that point. And it was, yeah, it was honestly a blessing in disguise that we could just be able to, 
quit our day jobs and focus solely on the music career at that point. And Dang. I think, you know, it, it, I mean, you never know, but I think timing wise, it was, it only kind of helped us just the waiting around and working on our music and focusing. And fortunately, like our music that was currently or out at the time was kind of gaining traction. And so, yeah. What has been like a feeling of sort of just like leveling up like each. So you come out, you're playing like smaller, you come back out, you're playing smaller venues. Then you're sort of playing medium venues. Last summer you were playing at Bonnaroo, see here now, Boston calling, um, Newport folk. I, I, I didn't connect with you guys there for just timing reasons. So I'm happy to great to have you on back to have you on the show now, but even Newport folk, I mean, what's, what's been like a, significant leveling up moment for you since you came back out on the road when you realized like, Oh shit. Yeah. We've got a shit ton of fans out there and we're doing all this and we're coming out with a new album sort of juice <laughs> or anybody else. Like he's like, you know, who wants yeah, to, who feel, wants to take that one? I feel like there were a lot of different, um, milestones, I guess. I don't know if that's the best word, but just yeah, like probably different. a better word than leveling up. So go for it. <laughs> um, I don't know. One of them for me, I think the one that comes to my mind at first is when we first played uh, just a festival at all. It was our first festival. Mm. Was Lala. <clears throat> Lala 2021. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, it was just unlike anything that we had done in, in the past. And I remember thinking that everything was probably going to be different after that point. Yeah, <laughs> was we played. Was that crazy for you being out there? That's a big fucking stage. Yeah. <laughs> that was Wait, say that part again, Jonas. That was one of the most nerve wracking shows, <laughs> and like we were all a little bit sick too. Oh shit! Why nerve wracking? Just like we'd never been on a stage of that size, and like. The whole concept of the festival was like completely foreign to us until mm. we got there. So. so what was the biggest surprise? Like, okay, huge stage, nervous. Hopefully there was a big crowd. I don't know what time they put you guys on at. Um, but uh, what, like, just tell me a little bit about your impressions of just being there. Um, and what were some of the things that kind of made it nerve wracking for you? I think um, like like changeover between bands is a lot more, it's, it's a lot like faster paced than any show that we had done before. Uh -huh. Yeah. Like just the, the size of the crowd was, was one thing. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. I think that those were kind of the biggest things. It, it just felt like really like, like rushed like, or like, like, uh-huh. Joshua, for your from your standpoint, well, unfortunately, what stage, what stage were you guys on? Because, like, by the way, Lala is like right over there from where I'm sitting right now. Like, I could basically walk there to that big field in three minutes from where my place is. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, what what is it from your what, what was it from your perspective? What do you what do you remember? Um, well, for some reason, I mean, most all of us in the band, but. Um, just speaking for myself, like for a lot of that time of touring that like 
six, eight months of touring, I was just consistently really sick. I just would, like, would that was covering and it's kind of like bouncing between all of us to different degrees. But I remember being like so incredibly sick that it was like, oh. or like, just like, okay, let's, really, skip to, let's skip to juice. I don't want to hear about the sick story. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think just it like sucked. Having- I want to talk, have this great joyous experience of your first on a time on a big festival stage. And you're like, I was fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a bummer, yeah. man. Oh, well. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like how many shows and important shows we've had to play where one of us was like dying. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But, oh, God. That, that, like that still sucks. was like just because I was really because it was like I just couldn't sing super well. Mm-hmm. I was just so I'm not letting my like pitch break or like my like a crack in my voice that uh, I just don't really remember very well. All like right, very, okay, all right. I'll go. I'll go easy <laughs> on you. What about you, Juice? Being up there, just being able to see everyone and Joshua hacking <laughs> hacking his way through that set. <laughs> um, I don't remember you hacking, bro. I was doing yeah, I remember you killed it really good. I, I, I was nervous. <laughs> I, I they didn't even know you were sick up to this point, man. <laughs> <laughs> I he was sick, but he, yeah, I remember <laughs> him doing very well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I remember mm. feeling very tired at that stage. Like, I don't think I've ever been like so far away from yeah, that was... each band member. Like, I was just like, yeah, yeah like I feel like, like Jonas yeah. was like a football field away, <laughs> and Juice was so far. It felt so weird. Yeah. Did it feel more? Did it feel more comfortable this summer? Playing the yeah, festivals yeah. that you did, yeah. You guys, Bro. getting used to the big stage. <laughs> no, <Nah. laughs> <laughs> yeah. the environment. dynamic of a festival is like. I think we've learned to accept that it's like a wild card. Like at yeah. a venue, most of the time it's pretty dialed. The sound will be fine. Right. We have crew and our own gear, but if it's a festival, it's just like anything could happen. It could be super organized and awesome. We're like completely disorganized and no one knows what they're doing. And yeah. Schedule. So I think with that mindset and also having the experience of having played quite a few festivals now, it's like less nerve wracking, but I think we still all get super nervous before shows. Like before any I show, like pretty not good. <laughs> Be- before before any show, yeah. I think or I mean, were you just referring to kind of festivals on that bigger stage? Really, any show. I yeah. think like festivals and bigger crowds definitely get like fired up for sure and really like excited and nervous, but. I think at any of our shows, like we all like get pretty like, yeah, anxious before. KJ, like you're a, the only one that's not shaking his head. Yes, is that because you don't get nervous? Oh, the bass player just gets to sit back there and thump it out. I think that's the point here. No, I'm kidding. What's that? What's that? I didn't get the easy card. I just have to play the bass. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I was saying. I love I love bass players. Uh, Jonas, you were going to say something, dude. Oh, um, I think I was going to say it's like, feels like a healthy amount of nerves. Like, kind of like what Josh was saying, like, um, like if we're not nervous, it might be. There's something wrong. Going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like, it like, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this before, but like, like the thing about how like nerves, nervousness is like the same feeling as excitement. Just like I heard someone say that one time, yeah. but like I feel like it like kind of I can kind of channel it into something like that. Yeah, it shows that you care definitely. I mean, I get nervous before I yeah. like do an interview. I mean, <clears throat> even with you guys, I get nervous. Yeah. <laughs> uh no yeah 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 you just get keyed up like you know you want to you want to do a good job you know and uh and you sense like there's and but i think that maybe they can come on stronger when it's a bigger moment maybe i don't don't know how's that work out for you guys i'd say so yeah yeah like we the other night was this was a completely different environment than anything we'd ever done but we played on uh it was our first time doing like late night tv and that was probably the most like unhealthy nervous i've ever been <laughs> oh shit yeah because you guys just did kimmel right T- talk about that a little bit um yeah we yeah it was i mean it ultimately like really good experience it was like a really great opportunity and like we're really glad that we got to do it but mm. i think um i just like it was it was kind of like that feeling of like before christmas morning in anticipation like sleeping in my bed that night but like kind of like worrying instead <laughs> yeah. of being excited so I was, I just did not sleep for like not at all that night. And then when we, we had to load in like in the early afternoon and then we didn't have to play until like the evening. So we just kind of like loaded in and just kind of like waited. Sat around and, and just got in. more nervous. <laughs> do they play, do, do you record, is that recorded lot? Like they're like, it's live at that point or you have an opportunity to do a redo or how does that work? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, you can do redos uh-huh. if you want, and usually they'll do it like on the same day or like around the same time as the taping. But I think for ours, it was like the day before, just because of some weird scheduling thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, the idea is that you do it live. We, I think we, because the camera guys wanted to do it again, we gave it a second pass. Oh, I honestly okay. don't kept now but they also bring in like a live audience so we're playing in front of people instead of just yeah yeah a little better yeah that must have been fun getting in the world of like tv production was that the first time you'd kind of done that on a national scale other than we did cbs morning Uh news yeah and that was the only other um is that in new york or la that was in new york yeah Yeah. Uh uh-huh yeah, both were like really interesting to see, like just the, just what a set looks like too. I just had never actually seen that in real life. Yeah, so, yeah. interesting. Yeah, really. I mean, if the nerves aren't going to kick in, those hot white lights will kick something <laughs> in. I guess, right? I don't know. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be dying. Yeah, CBS was definitely well, not. <laughs> it was definitely much worse energy wise. I would say, like just because it was actually in the morning and we didn't have like a PA system. So we didn't have like any actual sub or like kick drum. It was just kind of like listening to like, it was like the, the, in terms of like quality and fullness, if you will, it was like half would be at a show. So it was kind of hard to get into the groove and it was our first time doing it on like TV. So it was just in ear or was it just like the floor monitors? Just in ears, yeah. Oh uh, wow! Like, yeah. Wow, was that was that weird? Did how'd you like it when you look? W- w- did you watch it back? 
Oh, well, it was kind of weird because like our first couple takes, we were like really not in it. And we were like, I could tell we were all like kind of struggling with the scenario. But then we kind of like, that, this sounds kind of cheesy, but it was like a football huddle moment. We're like, <laughs> let's get let's together, just, like, guys. Like, because, <laughs> you know, just kind of had like a, like a real moment. Like, let's just do the best that we can with the scenario. And yeah. I remember when we were playing the songs and we actually got the takes, it was like, it actually felt really good. It was like, yeah. Oh, good. oh, good. And that, did they use the take that you guys liked? Just out of curiosity? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's good. Well, let's talk about what's going on. Uh, oh, I wanted to ask you another thing, but just about for festivals, like, um, what what is that like for you guys? Do you enjoy being amongst other artists? Are you getting anything out of that? Are you learning from talking to others? Is that helpful for you guys? Or, I know time sometimes time's really tight. You're in quickly, you're out quickly. But if you had a chance to like hang out with other bands and and talk, what do you guys um what do you guys learn from that? Anybody? Yeah, festivals have been really fun. Yeah, um, I've, that side of things. There's been a couple of really cool festivals this year, like at Newport Folk Festival. We met a band uh, called Bendigo Fletcher. Oh, I love those guys. And yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I talked to um, I talked to Ryan on the show. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They're people, and it's I like listening to like I don't know. It seems like it's a really cool space to come together and like hear other musicians that are touring the country as well and like hear where they're at and just like all come together for a couple days or a day and like i don't know i i really enjoy the community aspect of festivals and the more and more festivals we've played like i think i've really come around to festivals i wasn't a super big fan of them just because they were so chaotic in the beginning but the community aspect is really fun yeah yeah i think that's kind of the part now that I truthfully that I look forward to the most, uh, I mean, the performance is definitely like just as important or more important, but like just getting to like go to a festival and like kind of relax after like the feeling of getting your finishing your set and then us having the, having the whole rest of the day to just like talk to other musicians. And like, if, yeah, it feels like summer camp or something. <laughs> and like, if you're like people that you really look it's up really, to. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's just so fun. I love that aspect of it. From my perspective, if I'm working a festival and able to do interviews and, and being backstage or in the media tent, it's like so much fun for me also from that aspect as well. Yeah, just having everyone there. And not only that, like for Roadcase, I can do a bunch of different interviews in one day. And, and that's great too. And that doesn't happen anywhere else except for festivals. And New York, uh, Newport's got this amazing, unique vibe as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Festival in America. That's our favorite for sure. Yeah, totally. And um, you guys were able to open for Jack White on a couple shows for during one of his past legs of his tour. What was that like? Did you get to talk to him? Did you interact? Did he come check you guys out? Like, yeah, what? What's up, KJ? You're smiling. Is there something there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was really cool. A really cool experience. Like Jack White's one of my favorite. Um, musicians of like all time and so it was an honor to like go play um and go on tour with him and like it was really inspiring too to see um jack white's like live live show and like how spontaneous he was every night and like how the show evolved oh yeah yeah how he goes around and talks to tell tells the other players what what the next like presumably he's telling about what the next song is where he's going that's fascinating isn't it yeah and it was so cool and like i gotta talk to 
um, this bass player, and I remember him telling me, like, oh, yeah, like, sometimes Jack will play a song we've never rehearsed. And I'm oh, just, shit. Like, imagine being, like, on stage like that, and it's just, like, the pressure. And I think as a band, it really inspired us, too, to, like, take more risks. And I, I remember, like, we had the opportunity to play in front of, like, a fresh crowd, you know? Like, yeah. We don't played a lot of headline or yeah like headlining shows before that so it was cool to play in front of somebody else's crowd and mm-hmm. like risks in that way so it was really fun awesome awesome that's that's totally cool and uh let's talk about 2023 you guys are headed to the uk ireland and europe in february of that of, of next year that's super exciting like what are your what are your thoughts on that and you're coming back on uh and tons of tour dates in april and may in the in the u.s um but how talk to me about playing in uk ireland europe um how do you guys feel about that really excited i yeah. think um new zealand and australia are like two places that we just like always I don't know, just even just for me personally, like I've always, since I was really little, wanted to play. Yeah, when do you when do you guys hit in Australia? That will be that's like the next thing we're doing at the end of this break. Um, the very, I guess, like the top of February, very end of January. Ah, okay. Um, Am I getting that mixed up then with the European UK stuff? No, I, I... we'll roll we'll roll into the European UK pretty much right after New Zealand Australia. Wow. Jeez, catch up on your sleep, guys. <laughs> now you got a month or so to catch up on some sleep. Yeah. That's going to be amazing. Do you have a sense of fa- having a good fan base out there? What's kind of your what's what's your what are your thoughts going into that? Um, it seems it seems pretty receptive. I I don't know. I just like even just kind of being like, you know, not always like look you know on Instagram like you know, seeing what fans are saying all the time. But, like, at the time that we do, it does seem like there are some people from Australia and, like, people that are excited about it that want to see the show. And yeah. It's always going somewhere you've never been because the fans are just so, like, I don't know. They just can't wait for that first first experience of what, what your live show is. They don't really have an expectation. And it's just right. so fun. And not same for us. Like, we don't have it. We have no idea what to expect. Yeah. Which is what yeah. shows are yeah. That'll be really, really cool. Exciting. I'm so psyched about that. And then you're doing a whole tons of new dates in April and May. And I assume you're working on new content, like you said. Yeah. We're kind of writing music all the time, just in, just in different ways. Just yeah. Like, Would you play, do you play, do you throw new songs into the set once in a while that no one's heard? What does that look like for you guys? I think this year we're going to do that a lot. Yeah. I think, yeah. Um, cool. Because we with this last album in, you know, with songs that hadn't been released, but they were also songs that we were like super rehearsed in and we had recorded. Mm-hmm. They were just like waiting for them to be you know, put out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But with this next round, we just have like so many songs that like we haven't recorded yet and aren't like fully finished, but are like, right. kind of go the jam just, band route and just like, try it out on audiences before you even yeah. go into the studio with it. There are jam bands it's, that are carrying around songs for years and years without even recording them. Yeah. 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 I cool. think that'll be part of the dynamic of shows. I want to start 
getting a little bit more risque. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, I wish you guys the best of luck. You're really, you're really good humans, and uh, I really enjoyed talking to you. You really tapped into just kind of a really um, – Really thoughtful vibe on uh, and take on alt uh, on alt rock and indie rock. It's really refreshing and and fantastic. And I love your guys' vibe. And I, I wish you all the best, man. I really hope to catch up with you. And I guess you're you're. I, th- I think I saw you're coming through Chicago again in April and May. And so I'll I'll definitely come by and uh, and say hi. But um, such um, I, I wish you guys the best of luck, man. You guys are on on the rise. It's just I'm, I'm so psyched for you guys, really. Thank you so Thank much. You. It's, it's you. really been quite a pleasure getting yeah. to talk to you. Same here. Same here. I'm so glad I got to know, uh, get to learn a little bit more about you guys and uh, backseat lovers. All right. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys, for being here and taking the time. Really appreciate it. Thank Thanks. you. Cheers. Thanks. Okay. That was. Joshua, Jonas, Juice, and KJ, the Backseat Lovers. Really loved chatting with those guys. Uh, Very, really fun to have all the entire band, all four of them in one room. Tried to get them talking to one another and reflecting off what each each of them had to say. They've got some really interesting perspectives on live performance. You know, they said they revere the live show, uh, but they do recognize that it's just really tough uh, to do night after night. But uh, Josh was really thoughtful about it and talked about using each show as a learning experience. And it was really cool when Joshua asked Juice, um, you know, I'd talked about to Juice about what it's like being back there on the riser and seeing everything happen. And Joshua was asking Juice, like, what do you see? And what is it like to be back there? Like, you know, they, they hadn't really like reflected on that aspect of performance and where they are on the stage. Um, and, uh, and that was really cool to hear them interact like that and to get sort of the feel for what they, what they see up there and what they feel. And Joshua talked about that moment of seeing into fans souls and, um, that thing that, uh, that it still really, really surprises him when he can see someone just for a few seconds and see that vulnerability in their fans and the vulnerability in others out there. Uh, just really, really inspiring stuff. I just really love it. These guys have such a great time performing live and, um, you know, to talk about their first experience at Lala in 2021 was really, was really cool as well. They love that festival vibe and KJ talked about the community aspect and how that's really fun. And, um, and, uh, Joshua just really loved to, to just have that whole day talking to other artists and such. And, uh, you know, that opening for Jack White and how that was a learning experience for them, as I can imagine. Um, just really great stuff. Uh, love how these guys are friends and uh, and basically grew up together. They um, they really hardly knew each other when they were putting together their first EP and uh, became friends during that process. And it just seems and feels very, very organic since these guys all grew up in the same place and they're still friends and they still live out in Utah. And uh, it's just, uh, just amazing. And I'm so happy that these guys are just absolutely crushing it. Like I said, they're embarking on a European tour in February and March, and they just got back from Australia and New Zealand. And then when they come back from Europe, they're hitting the road again in North America in April and May. And you can check out all those tour dates on their 
website. I am so psyched for these guys really breathing life into new alt rock in ways that are just really, really amazing. I actually love uh, their latest album, Waiting to Spill, and I really love the latest live release live from the Troubadour. I really recommend you guys all rush out and give all that stuff a listen, and it's just really absolutely wonderful. I want to thank all of you for being here for this episode of Roadcase. It was really a special one, and I want to thank again Joshua Harmon, Jonas Swanson, Juice Welch, and KJ Ward, the Backseat Lovers, for being here on this episode of Roadcase. Thanks again so much for listening. And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at Roadcase Pod. And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there, that would be great. So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road. Mm -hmm.